Highways Voices from Hamburg, the podcast of the ITS World Congress 2021. Today on Highways Voices from here in Hamburg, we talk driverless timescales. The goal really is by 24-25 to have a commercial ride pooling service without safety drivers, fully autonomous, available here in Hamburg. German efficiency. Red lights that give an invisible signal, which is exactly the same as the light on the microsecond. Roadworks. Tick for Workzones is a system where everyone working with Workzones in a company and maybe also other companies can put their Workzones into a single system where everything is shown at a glance where conflicts can be detected. And cycle safety. They can communicate with each other and do some ranging to warn the driver of the bike that there's a potential collision with the other driver. Plus Eric Sampson's guide to Congress and a reaction of Congress rookies sponsored by by Swarco and Gevi. Welcome to Thursday at the ITS World Congress 2021. The official podcast of the 2021 ITS World Congress in Hamburg. Highways Voices, sponsored by Gevi and Swarco. This is Paul Hutton in Hamburg for this week's Highways Voices, and let's start with an exciting, groundbreaking project in Hamburg that is bringing autonomy to reality. We'll meet Robert Henrich, CEO of Volkswagen subsidiary Moya. Moya is a right pooling service. We actually here in Hamburg built the largest European fully electric ride pooling service and the idea is to really share seats, to offer a mobility service which is convenient, which is flexible, which is attractive to consumers, but at the same time it helps to increase the efficiency of traffic overall. That's the idea. It's fascinating that auto manufacturers are now getting involved not only in building the vehicles but actually what they're used for once they leave the factory. Well maybe possibly it's a big change at least in, in cities I'd say but both business models will continue to go hand in hand. Uh, many people still want to own a car uh, especially outside of the large urban agglomerations you will still need a car so that business model will continue to exist but at the same time in the inner city core where it's really congested and where it's getting more and more like difficult to really drive and find parking and so on uh, mobility services start growing and that's only the beginning i would say and ride pooling will be a key enabler for cities really to to keep their cities moving so how does it work what's the the background to to actually the the kind of the bit under the bonnet as we would say in how you make the uh, the service work what we do is ride sharing which may be known to customers but in a very specific form which is called ride pooling so the customer experience is really not that different from using an app to hail a ride you know with with other ride sharing providers or so but we then pool passengers together in a vehicle who share the same route and that brings up the efficiency. So if you use a Moya vehicle, which is fully electric and which has six seats, so it's a bit larger vehicle uh, than a normal passenger car, if you use that, you may often find a passenger already on board. Or during the ride, some passenger uh, may board the vehicle or deboard the vehicle. And that is what brings up the efficiency. But from your personal experience, it's 
still very flexible and very comfortable like using a taxi. There are two acronyms you hear, either ACES or CASE, but they mean the same thing, connected, autonomous, shared and electric. You're using IDs, which means you're three quarters of the way there, aren't you? Because if you take the autonomous bit out, everything else is, is ticked off. Yeah, that is correct, but we definitely need the autonomous bit. And we start testing now with autonomous vehicles here in Hamburg. It's happening now as we speak. We start mapping the city. And then as of next uh, year and the year after, we'll start doing test drives with customers. The goal really is by 24, 25, to have a commercial ride pooling service without safety drivers, fully autonomous, available here in Hamburg. Because that is what then drives the cost further down which makes the service available to a broader group of customers and what will help us to, to scale the service, um, to increase the fleet size. We've been talking for many years about autonomy at IGS World Congresses and it's always five to six years away and it has been for the last <laughs> eight or nine years. We're really that close now. That has indeed been the case you know, in the last years, but I think it's now happening. These vehicles now exist, you can see them, you can touch them. We have exhibited our first ID bus vehicle, fully equipped with sensor and compute and everything for self-driving a couple of days ago. And we now start mapping and start doing the test drives. It's now finally happening, but you are right. We have been waiting for quite some time for that to happen. Really exciting news to hear there. And I look forward to testing out a Moya with a human driver this weekend. I've tagged on a few days to be a tourist at the end of the Congress over the weekend. So I'm definitely going to try a Moya out. For the moment, thank you very much, Robert. It's been a pleasure to meet you and to find out more about the product. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Before we carry on with more chat from the exhibition here at the ITS World Congress in Hamburg, let's get our guide to the sessions and the papers that you should check out on Thursday at the venue. And our guide for this, as always, is Professor Eric Sampson, who's been to every single ITS World Congress. Eric, what's your spot today that we should really make sure we find time to go to? Hello, Paul. Thursday's going to be exciting. At high level, we've got a raft of really well-planned, well-designed sessions. We kick off with the plenary, navigating the digital marketplace. And one of the things that's been constant in all the discussions this week, and it was in the ITS Summit on Tuesday, was the importance of data and digitalization, catalyzed for many countries by the pandemic. So that's the start on Thursday. We've then got a series of executive sessions, smart traffic management, how to remove the roadblocks, that's a European one. Implementation of green intelligent transport, Asia-Pacific region, and achieving traffic safety, quote, herd immunity, vaccinated autonomous vehicles. Um, slightly misleading title in some ways, but the gist is, if you've got a fleet of autonomous vehicles in traffic, is there a point when what they do influences the behavior of the whole fleet? That's the herd immunity bit. 
We then move on to an educational thing, the Ertico Academy. This is designed for smaller cities having trouble because of, say, skill shortages, not being able to keep up with the big boys. So Ertico have organised the academy for them. What about special interest sessions that have caught your eye, Eric? There's uh, 73, which is about the Commission's work on the ITS Directive. It's common knowledge, not totally secret, that they are working on a revision, possibly even a replacement of the ITS Directive. That's got major impact on the whole of Europe. A nice one on smart mobility solutions for cities and citizens. And then we've got one later on in the day, seamless and accessible mobility. And the influence there is on the word accessible. How do you make it accessible for people who've shorter money, uh, got mobile, personal mobility problems, and generally, say, live in the middle of a rural area where there is no tr- regulated transport? So a bit of a mixture on Thursday, a mix of sessions. There's not much collision in that we've got a lot on the same topic. And technical sessions? One for the geeks a bit, improving maintenance and operations planning. One way um, to cut costs is to cut the cost of the maintenance if you can and cut that operations crew. And that's a session full of papers on how it has been done. Eric? For now, thanks very much. We'll talk again tomorrow. The official podcast of the 2021 ITS World Congress in Hamburg, Highways Voices. You're listening to Highways Voices from Highways News. We're a website bringing you news from the highways and transport technology industries every single day. And we bring you our midday briefing every lunchtime straight to your inbox. We'll have news from there in a moment, along with thoughts on roadworks and cycling safety. But first, the reaction of Congress newbie Sen Ragavan and first Alistair King of Clearview Intelligence who gave me their reaction to what they found when they came to Hamburg. I don't think a week is long enough to be honest Paul. There's a lot of people to see. This is a very, very big conference. And of course it's the first time the industry is meeting up face to face in pretty much two years since Singapore so it means that there are lots and lots of people that you have to see and you can't just have a two minute meeting with them because you've got to have all that catching up. No, absolutely, we've got international partners here, we've got suppliers here, we've arranged about five or six different meetings throughout the day that we've got to factor in between actually going around and meeting new people too so uh, it's a big show. Sen, as well as sort of meeting clients you'll be finding out potential partners and things what are Clearview known for and who would you want to be talking to at the event? Clearview Intelligence is known for uh, being innovative as part of that uh, my task uh, for in this exhibition is to kind of go around look for new technologies out there for new partners who provide these leading edge technologies that we can kind of bring in uh, to the Clearview Intelligence product portfolio and embed into our existing technologies Uh, so by this I think uh, Clearview Intelligence is kind of planned to kind of provide uh, new technology into the UK market. Okay, so it's looking for new people that want to use your technology and also new technology that you can bring. So that's really interesting actually because of course these days the time it takes to enter a new market is so long compared to the speed with which new technology is developed by the time you enter the market your uh, product is out of date out of date yes that's true um, so uh, products are being launched left right and center you know uh, um, the uh, usual um, time for a new product to launch or a product to get upgraded is an year so we have to keep uh, pace with it uh, and we have to know what's going on in the real market in the technological world out there 
Alastair has worked with Connect Active, uh, which is uh, based on LiDAR technology. So LiDAR has moved on leaps and bounds from where they were two, three years ago. So something that we are kind of investigating as well on bringing it in uh, to kind of support the non-invasive infrastructure market uh, in the UK. Clearview Intelligence have done work with me when I'm wearing my ITS UK hat and Alastair appeared on an active travel webinar with ITS Australia recently. They're a really interesting company. Look up Alistair King and Sen Raghavan on LinkedIn and uh, hopefully you'll be able to find them uh, here in Hamburg this week. Gentlemen, thanks very much for your time. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. Let's get the latest news from the wider world of highways and transport technology with Highways News co-owner Adrian Tatum. So some of the other stories from the highwaysnews.com website at the moment include one around electric car grants and the fact that these could be cut under new treasury plans. The cabinet has been discussions over the government's green agenda over the last few weeks, according to the Telegraph newspaper. With the UK set to ban the sale of petrol and diesel cars by 2030, the government has sought to bolster the green transition by offering grants of up to £2,500 on low-emission vehicles. But, as the Telegraph has learnt, the Treasury is now pushing to cut the generosity of the discount scheme as it seeks to shift focus onto electric charging infrastructure and other vehicles, such as taxis and vans. It also forms part of wider efforts by the Treasury to get to grips with the public finances, which have been ravaged by the COVID-19 pandemic. There is concern, however, that if the cut is enacted, this risks overshadowing the UK's environmental drive just weeks before the COP26 summit in Glasgow. Also, Highways News reports from Hamburg on how Unix Traffic has unveiled Sea Traffic Symphony, its next generation of traffic management platforms. The company says its brand new state-of-the-art system will lead the way into a new era of traffic management. It will provide cities and local authorities with improved network that further integrates mobility management strategies. And in Hamburg this week, no doubt skills and training have been on the agenda at some point. So close to home in the UK, five apprentices have been welcomed into their new roles across Amy's Area 10 contract as highway management operatives. This Level 2 apprenticeship programme is being offered by SB Skills Solutions and provides both practical and theoretical training covering all aspects of highways maintenance. Thanks Adrian, this is Highways Voices. Thank you to Gevi and Swako for their support and we'll hear from Gevi in a moment. But first I caught up again with Martin Huber who is Director General of the Ministry of Transport and Mobility Transition here in Hamburg to get an idea of the technology already being used on the network in the city. Influencing red lights making buses uh, reliable but not only buses but also ambulances uh, police cars and uh, whatever you need fire engines very important uh, topic but also giving signals to automated cars from the red lights so that an automated car will see the red light even if it's blocked by perhaps a truck or a van or whatever we have established red lights that give an invisible signal which is exactly the same as the light on the microsecond. So this is very sophisticated uh, to do this because it has to be absolutely exact. Otherwise it might be uh, fatal. What you won't see is our um, testing bed for automated driving. It's a lying, uh, it's a big lying aid in the city. So uh, there are most complicated um, intersections established with roadside units and you, here you find a fleet of automated cars in the L3 project and all those cars will drive on this lane and well there is still a driver on board but only for safety reasons. Um, the cars are driving by themselves completely automated. Tell me about active mobility. Regarding 
cycling, which is very important in Hamburg because we are we have no mountains here. It's very comfortable to go by bicycle. Many people do, and especially Corona pandemics made many thousands of people change from trains or buses and they are riding by bicycle now and they found out they can do it it's beautiful and it's good for their health and so the numbers of cyclists are increasing day by day and we have to find new solutions we also want to give more safety to cyclists and to give more comfort more um, better riding experience for example by traffic light forecast so you can download an app and you uh, cycling in direction of your next red light you will find if you are too too fast or too slow and it's giving you a signal when you are in the right speed to to pass the next uh, intersection without stopping a little example but an important example and i think this will help cyclists in the future we have systems which detect people so uh, that for example a truck turning left or turning right might see in his car that there's a danger that there's danger by a cyclist or walking people that he can't see in his uh, in the geometrics of his car. That's Martin Huber, Director General of the Ministry of Transport and Mobility Transition here in Hamburg on Highways Voices. Next, let's hear from another German, Ronnie Dietrich of Gevi from Leipzig, who's perfected a really good way of managing roadworks in real time to improve the environment and road safety. Tick for Work Zones is a system where everyone working with work zones in a company and maybe also other companies can put their work zones into a single system where everything is shown at a glance where conflicts can be detected and all that data while planning the work zones can be reused uh, due to the different connectors TIC has to reuse the data as maximum as, as maximum as possible. TIC doesn't only support planned work zones or so work zones which will be in place maybe in the next half year coming up in the next two weeks. It also has the capability to show actually moving work zone as they go along the road to show their location to make people or drivers aware that the work zone is ahead of us but they changed the location of the last two minutes so that's the, the cool thing so everything will be collected in that system and can be as i said reused for different target audiences in cars for navigation systems and so on so does that mean you've got some sort of link to the actual roadworks vehicles that may be traveling along as the cones are being put out or being taken in again yeah exactly Paul, that's right. Is it a beginning-to-end solution so that you can have all the licenses in there so that if there are roadworks that have gone out on site, the police, for example, could check whether or not they should be there and whether they, they, they should be allowed to be doing the works at the time they're doing them? Absolutely, absolutely. So this is the intention. So the TIC system is designed to be a fully integrated system so that everything is there in a single point of truth by saying that it can be used everywhere. We also do have an interface to a customer uh, police in that specific area who can check up if the work zone is allowed to be uh, uh, on the road at that time. So they will, they will check the work zones nearby as they drive along the road and if not, yeah, they immediately are allowed to, to, to sign fines. Looking at the screen uh, next to us here, Ronnie, um, explain to me what you're showing off on this screen because we've got some red lines on maps and some uh, data talking about specific construction 
transaction that's taking place? Well, typically, uh, the, the customers, operators, they will use TIC software to look at the data from a list perspective as well as from the map perspective. So it, de it depends on how the people work. So TIC is flexible in that specific case. So the red lines, what you see are the, 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 the worsens they have typed in or has been collected uh, from a company who are, let's say, planning works on a different type of roads. So this is one of the features of TIC to, to put people together so that they're working on the same system and to see potential issues they, they, they are causing by planning the work zones. They, we call it here in Germany, we call it look around the table to see that some, some operator uh, is about to plan the same work zone in my location at the same time. And then TIC shows the conflict that uh, the, the, the work zones are about to be overlapping. And uh, there, there, to, to avoid such, such, issues, such issues, the operator has the capability to what we call conflict detection so that they can check up their planned work zones. You talked about here in Germany, is this a German-only system or can it be used anywhere in the world? It can be used anywhere. So it's a multilingual, it's not glued to a specific map. One good example that it's not only uh, stick to Germany, for instance, is uh, we equipped uh, a city uh, in North America uh, with our software and they're really happy uh, to use that software. They are actually planning to connect even more companies uh, to their system. And the funny thing is that the funny fact about that is they are re really, really interested to have a digital solution ab about uh, planning their work zones. But they, during the process, they faced, uh, now they having the software, we need to change our business processes. Totally evolve with the software, and they are now uh, integrating their software based on the, on, the, on the software being, let's say, connected to all these uh, different pieces. That's Ronnie Dietrich of German company Gevi, making an awful lot of sense on Highways Voices. And thanks again to Gevi and Swaco for their sponsorship this week. Finally, a really important piece of technology from Coda Wireless and Consider IT. Coders Bernd Lubin, who's Vice President of Business Development for Europe, and first Leo Mustafa of Consider IT, take up the story. Here we are, can see a, a bike which is equipped with a V2X unit and a helmet which have a V2X device um, and they can communicate with each other and do some ranging to warn the driver of the bike that there's a potential collision with the other driver. So this is something that will interact with V2X units that are in the newest cars that are coming off the production line or potentially an aftermarket fit for trucks and buses just to give an extra, in effect, virtual pair of eyes to keep an eye out for vulnerable road users nearby. Yes, so with this technology we can make the whole traffic situation more safe and, and also more efficient, but here's the focus more on, on the safety side that we warn other, other um, vehicles and what bike riders for potential collisions. So Bernd, when we talk about this, the bike rider themselves, would they have a tag fitted on their clothing or in their helmets or something, or do they have to actually have kit fitted to their actual bikes? Now, the easiest and fastest thing, and this is a major difference compared to previous developments, is that this small tag is utilizing the lowest layer of the V2X stack, communicating very easy, very small messages, which does not require the full implementation and the full battery backup onboard unit. So this can be implemented in a helmet like what we have here shown, fully integrated. It can be um, charged wireless. There is no battery needed in order to operate this, no big battery, large battery, and this can also be integrated in backpacks, for example. So 
we talked about cyclists, but I presume it would work just as well for pedestrians. Oh, absolutely. We um, the key idea or the initial idea was um, born out of the mining area where we have the big difficulties that the driver or even autonomous trucks do not detect the workers on the ground because they are totally out of sight. And here with the tags, they can bring back and visualize where the drivers are and where the workers are on the ground and the driver can take action in order to avoid an accident. This is fantastic technology, it's important technology and it's cutting edge technology that is being shown off here in Hamburg this week. Leo and Bernd, thank you very much for showing it off here at the World Congress. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you very much. Great stuff there, proving our industry is making our roads and transport safer. That's it from this Highways Voices podcast, sponsored by Gevi and Swaco. Another day at Congress slips by, but we've got more for Friday here tomorrow. Don't miss it. Highways Voices from Hamburg, sponsored by Gevi and Swaco.